peaches, apples, and other forbidden fruit. Written and read by Jam Girl. Chapter 10, Wild Love. July, 2017, Zira's apartment, near Biltmore Village, Asheville, North Carolina. Zira laid on her couch and gazed at the painting on the wall behind it. It was a painting of a seagull. It wasn't perfect. It was abstract with sharp lines and bold colors. It had been hanging right there for three years from when Zira had moved in. She remembered it clear as day. Crowley handing it to her as a housewarming gift the Friday night after she had settled in. Crowley saying, thought I might help bring some color in. Her own response, oh Crowley, this is beautiful. It's not really that good, Crowley had responded. In fact, I should take it back. I'll make you a better one, she had said, trying to reach for the painting in Zira's hands. Zira had dodged her reaching fingers, keeping the painting out of Crowley's reach, and then hugging it to her heart. Don't you dare! This was a gift. I don't think I did the lighting right, and the body is all wonky. It's not very good. Don't say that about my friend's work. Crowley hadn't been able to say anything to that. Go get the toolbox from the coat closet. I'm going to put this up right now. Zira had stood on the couch, waiting for Crowley to return with a hammer and nails. You're putting it in the living room? Right above the couch? It's not very big. I don't care. I want everyone to see it when they come in. And then when they say, wow, look at that beautiful seagull, I will say, it is beautiful, isn't it? My friend the artist painted it, and you should all go buy her work right now. And they all will, and you will become very rich and famous. Crowley had laughed. Whatever you say. When the painting had been hung, Zira had returned to the floor to admire it. You are very talented, you know. Yeah, whatever. They went on to drink an entire bottle of Muscadine wine together that night, celebrating Zira's move. She was starting an internship as part of the communications team at a nonprofit, and that had seemed the most exciting thing in the world at the time. Now, the painting made her sad, but she would never take it down. 
Why a seagull? Zero had asked. It represents me, I guess, Crowley had said. From growing up in Wanchies? Not that Wanchies is an incredible place or anything, but there was something nice about it. Growing up by the sea. And everybody hates seagulls. But I like them. Do you miss it? What? Wanchies? I miss the sea and the beach. I don't miss Wanchies. You should take me sometime. I want to see where you grew up. No, you don't. To the beach, then. I want to see the Outer Banks. Yeah, Curly had said. We could do that. They never did take a trip to the Outer Banks. It was a long drive from Asheville. Hard to believe the Outer Banks were in the same state, really. Crowley had lived in Asheville, like Zira, for a while, doing freelance art, trying to sell work on the street. Asheville was the perfect place for it. Big art scene. She did okay for nearly a year, but she was easily frustrated, and it wasn't an easy way to make a living. She also wasn't one who took help easily. She started living in a hostel with nothing but a backpack and art supplies. It was easier without a big rent bill to pay. It was during that time that she met Dan. Dan was at least 10 years her senior and had nothing to his name but an old man outfitted for sleeping, a guitar, and a handful of pretty decent original songs. Zira had not hidden her dislike for Dan. That had been a mistake. Who cared about what Zira thought of Dan? It was more important to have Crowley in her life. At least, she should have been thinking that. She hadn't expected Crowley to end up traveling across the eastern seaboard, living out of Dan's van. Zira still dreamt about Crowley. It was much more clear-cut these days. Warm skin touching, panting breaths, lips and soft things, flaming red hair and a wicked tongue. Sometimes, Zira woke up sweating. It was terrible, and it was exactly the wrong thing to do. But sometimes, she held onto the images and turned to her bunny friend.
she would bring herself to orgasm on invented feelings of Crowley's warm breath and skillful fingers. Crowley's artist hands and wet mouth turning a painting into her flesh. More often than not, she would cry afterwards. She would wonder where Crowley was or what she was doing. Crowley only posted to social media sparingly. She probably didn't have a lot of internet access, living on the road like she did. Or maybe she was too busy with Dan. Van Dan, who she was blowing and screwing and probably getting high with in the back of that dirty effing van. The painting of the seagull made Zira feel sad. But she would never take it down. Odd that she had been thinking about Crowley that night because of what happened the next day. Maybe not so odd. She thought about Crowley frequently. But because of the next day, the thoughts from that particular night would stick in Zira's mind. The next day, Zira was looking out the window of her downtown office where she worked her less-than-ideal job as a copy editor for a local newspaper, and she saw the van out on the street. There was no mistaking Dan's van. What with the peeling logo for his failed band and the odd assortment of Star Wars and Star Trek stickers that indicated he didn't actually know much about either, her heart nearly jumped out of her chest. She told someone in the office that she had a family emergency and then burst out of the place with her things, running down four flats of stairs. She should have been collapsing on the ground by the time she made it outside, but she was working on pure adrenaline. Barely missing a car driving through, Zero weaved through the slow-moving cars and stop-and-go traffic and the crowds of tourists and Ashevillians. The van was parked across the way, on a street jutting out perpendicularly from the street Zira worked on. The street went uphill, because everything in Asheville went up or downhill. It looked like too hard of a shove would send the stupid van rolling along its way. Zira would have liked to see that. Reaching the van, Zira peered into the driver's side window. No one was sitting in the front two seats of the car. It was impossible to tell if anyone was in the back part of the van because there was a divider. There were also brown and yellow psychedelic curtains covering the windows like it was the dang mystery machine, except instead of cartoon teenage detectives and their talking dog, it was home to an idiot man in his 30s 
who probably liked to pretend he remembered Woodstock. Zira guessed a man like that could very well sleep during the day, so she went to one of the back windows. Not paying any mind to whatever filth may have gotten on her navy work dress from leaning against the van, she banged on the window as hard as she could. She could actually feel the van rocking a little bit as a result of her banging. To Zira's surprise, one of the doors opened, and out stumbled Dan. Dan looked like your typical hipster. Man bun, gauges, that dazed look that suggested he was stoned. All he needed was a Che Guevara t-shirt, and he would be the perfect definition of the modern asshole. Instead, the worn shirt he wore with his ripped skinny jeans featured what seemed to be a band Zira had never heard of. Dan seemed to see Zira for the first time. Thank God, he drawled, in a voice that signaled that, yes, he was probably stoned. I thought you were a cop. Fuck cops, man. Zira wasn't sure why he would be concerned about cops in the hippie haven of the South. Namaste, y'all, was a common bumper sticker in Asheville, and people weren't being ironic. But she was not looking for small talk. Where is Crowley? She asked, as politely as she could. Dan looked at her blankly, and Zira felt her patience quickly wearing thin. Is she in there? Zira asked slowly, like she was talking to a five-year-old. She pushed past Dan, not intimidated by the foot he had on her, to look into the back of the van. There was no Crowley. Just a van bed and a bunch of tangled blankets. Zira turned and looked up at Dan, trying not to let her fear show on her face. Why isn't Crowley with you? She asked calmly. Not even going to introduce yourself? We've met, Zira said, unamused. Dan considered Zira for a moment. I don't think so, he said, shaking his head. I would have remembered meeting a beautiful woman such as yourself. Zira knew she had been right about not liking this guy. She took a deep breath and plastered on a smile. Well, aren't you precious? Zira said, with enough passive aggression to make the church ladies back home blush. Now, I know this is hard for you to understand, but I am not here to see you. I'm looking for my friend Crowley, who I happen to know you were well acquainted with. If you could just tell me where she is, I'll be on my way. 
we have recently become disacquainted, actually. Which is lucky for you, because I'm a free man, Dan said with a wink. Zira frowned. Crowley's not with you anymore, Zira stated in a hollow voice. Is she here? In Asheville, I mean? That's why I'm in this sorry excuse for a city. Okay, so she was in Asheville. That was something, at least. Asheville wasn't very big. She couldn't have been hard to find. She demanded I drive her here, Dan was saying. I just did it to get her off my case. He was always so demanding. Couldn't take it easy. Were they talking about the same Crowley? How much of a low laugh did someone have to be to have Crowley on their case? Do you know where she is? Sierra asked, aware of the panic building in her chest. If Crowley was vulnerable and alone somewhere in Asheville, Zira was going to find her. Yeah, she went to that hostel with the peapod on the front. Good thing it had that peapod, or she wouldn't have been able to find it. Girl can barely read. Between you and me, she's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Zira wasn't really listening to Dan. The gears in her brain were turning rapidly. The hostel with the peapod. Zira knew the one. She began hurrying off, but then she swiveled to face Dan, fully registering what he had just said. Crowley is dyslexic, you absolute buffoon! She called back angrily. She swiveled again and stormed off, not sorry to see the last of Van Dan. Zira abandoned her car, which was parked a ways away in the opposite direction, and which probably would have been slower anyways, what with all the traffic and one-way streets. Instead, she walked six blocks to get to the hostel with the Peapod logo. She'd seen the hostel many times but never entered. This time, she entered and she saw a young, friendly, lumberjack-looking man at a small counter. Zira went straight to him, on a mission. Hello, I would like to visit my friend who is staying here. Does your friend have a name? I could ask your friend to come out. Yes, Antoinette Crowley. The name Antoinette sounded entirely wrong on Zira's lips. She understood why Crowley didn't like it. And your name, ma'am? Zira fell. Alrighty then. I'll go check.
Zira tapped her foot, waiting for the man to return. When he did, she was only disappointed. Sorry, ma'am. No one responded to that name. But she's here. I know that she is. Look in your book. She might not be there right now. Let me check, Lazira demanded, noting the slight pitch of hysteria coming out in her voice. I can't let you go back there, ma'am. Not without paying for a bed. How much is a bed? $25 for one night, $75 for a week. Just one night, please, Zira said, fishing out her wallet. The man made her fill out a form, which was just a waste of time, and then he went through the song and dance of showing her the locations of the linens and showers. Zira was getting very impatient. Finally, he took her to the room, saying she could take any bed that was empty. The room contained 16 plain bunk beds and a smattering of duffel bags and scruffy lounging people. In a quick scan of the room, Zira caught a glimpse of red curls in a top bunk. Crowley! Zira exclaimed striding to the bed. Crowley lifted her head and smiled. She had a new piercing over her lip and several new piercings on the cartilage of her right ear. Her eyes looked unfocused. Well, hello, stranger, she said. Aren't you just a sight for sore eyes? She leaned over the metal bed railing, elbows hanging over it, and Zira saw that she was holding a bottle of some kind of liquor. Zira's eyes narrowed, looking at the bottle. How much have you had to drink? Zira asked. You know that Dan dumped me, Crowley said. She started laughing and Zira couldn't see what was funny. Two fucking years! Crowley leaned back and took a swig from the bottle. Crowley, could you please give me that bottle? Oh! Crowley turned back to Zira, eyebrows raised in surprise and glee. You want some, Peach? Here you go. Crowley leaned over the bunk dangerously far, swinging the bottle in Zira's face. Zira took it and looked at it. It was cheap vodka, and the bottle was three quarters empty. Zira gave it a sniff. It smelled like Drano. Come on! Give it a try. Zira took a tiny sip. It burned immediately. She spit it out, sputtering. Jesus Christ, Crowley! 
This stuff will disintegrate your flesh from the inside out. Was it even vodka? It tasted like moonshine someone had made in their basement. Zero searched the room for a sink and saw a tiny grime-covered one in the corner. She went to it and dumped the remainder of the bottle down the sink. Hey, Crowley called. That was not cash money of you. Zero ignored her and threw the empty bottle in the trash can. She went back to Crowley and climbed halfway up the ladder to the top bunk Crowley was on. Finding Crowley's backpack, she grabbed it and slung it over her own shoulders. That's all my stuff, Crowley said in distress. Good. Now come down from that bed, Zira said, reaching a hand for Crowley. I'm taking you home with me. But I already paid for the night, she slurred. I will pay you back. Come on. Crowley looked at Zira hesitantly, but then she took Zira's hand. As Zira helped her down the bunk, she said, You know, he said my art was crap. Said a fourth grader could do better. Quite the charmer, Zira said, supporting Crowley as she made it to the floor. I have an art degree. Yes, you do. Very impressive. Crowley put her hands in Zira's hair, petting her and playing with the strands. You're really pretty. You know that? And you are really drunk. Let's go. Someone wolf-whistled to Zira's left, and she saw a man in a dirty wife-beater and sweatpants lounging in a bottom bunk and winking. Sir, you are barking up the wrong tree, Zira scolded the man. She did not have the energy or patience to deal with the lacks of him. She turned back to Crowley, trying to half-carry her out of the room. Hey, that's my friend over there. Crowley pointed a finger at the wolf whistler. Ricky! Uh-huh, very nice. Thanks to the power of God and all his angels, Zira somehow managed to get Crowley out of the hostel and onto the street. Supporting Crowley with one arm, she slipped her phone out of her purse and called an Uber. Okay, sweet pea, Zira said to Crowley gently, smoothing a hand on Crowley's side where she was hanging on to her. We just have to wait a little, and then we'll be in a car, okay? Crowley started laughing weirdly again. Sweet pea, she shrieked. It's like the place! It has peas! She pointed at the hostel sign, and Zira saw that it was indeed called Sweet Peas Hostel. She didn't say anything. 
When the car arrived, Zira apologized to the driver. My friend is not usually like this. She's having a hard day. The Uber driver didn't seem to care much one way or another. Zira gave him a big tip anyways. It was a chore getting Crowley up three flights of stairs and unlocking the door to the apartment. But when she did, Crowley stumbled in on her own. Apparently regaining her ability to support herself, Crowley rushed for the bathroom. Good thing she still knew where it was after all this time. As Zira closed the apartment door behind her, she heard retching from the bathroom. She found a washcloth from her linen closet in the hall and went to the bathroom with it. She ran the cloth under hot water at the sink as she watched Crowley bent over the toilet, dry heaving, red curls sticking out wildly around her. Zira got to her knees next to Crowley and rubbed Crowley's back lightly holding the washcloth in her other hand. When Crowley looked up at her, her eyes looked sad and pleading, like she might start crying at any moment. Zira gently dabbed her face with the washcloth. Shh, 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 she said. It's all right. Zira helped a compliant Crowley to her own bed and tucked her in. As Zira brushed Crowley's hair out of her face, her eyes fluttered sleepily. Thank you, Zira. Of course, sweet pea, Zira said, giving Crowley a kiss on the forehead. I'm just glad I found you she said, more to herself than to Crowley. Your hair smells like strawberries, Crowley said, eyes already closed in sleep. Yes, that's my shampoo. You should smell like peaches, she murmured. Zira chuckled softly. And you should smell like apples. Crowley wrinkled her eyebrows. Apples? I associate you with apples. I don't know why. Mmm, Crowley said, rolling over and slinging an arm over her head. I like apples. Apples.